RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. COVID-19 has greatly affected the way we've all worked in the last 12 months. If there's a silver lining, it would be the fact that surgeons and their patients can rely on technology to talk to each other online and reduce face-to-face consultations. The college conducted a survey with several hundred fellows and patients about their attitudes towards using telehealth services. The response? Overwhelmingly positive, says Professor Mark Frydenberg, a urological surgeon and chairman of the Department of Urology at Monash Health. Professor Frydenberg explains the results of the survey shortly. First, Chris Ashmore asks why it was conducted in the first place. Well, the reason that we felt strongly that we needed to do the survey looking at telehealth was largely due to the fact that there was clearly a very wide adoption of telehealth during the COVID pandemic. There was discussions with the Department of Health that this was likely to potentially continue in the future. Obviously, now in January of 2021, we know that it is going to continue beyond March of 2021. But when the survey was first thought of and initiated, that was still uncertain. Given the anecdotal evidence of acceptability of telehealth by both doctors and patients, we felt that it was very important for Advocate to continue telehealth as a long-term measure into the future. And we felt quite strongly that the only way that we could strongly advocate on behalf of the College of Surgeons for our surgeons and surgical patients was to collect data. And the data as a result of that was instrumental in being able to have further discussions with the government to give a very clear perspective. With regards to setting it up, it did take quite a lot of work. We did this in particular in conjunction with Chris O'Neill, surgeon at the Hunter Medical Centre in Newcastle. And the whole team in Newcastle has been very instrumental in being able to facilitate the development and the rollout. So the first step of developing the surveys was really to develop the questions and to make sure that they were valid questions that would answer the questions that we needed answered. Once we had the questions both for the surgeons and the patients, we then formulated that in a way that it could be stored on a REDCap confidential database. That then needed to be formally ethics approved, which went through the John Hunter system up in Newcastle. And then once we had ethics approval for this, then it was a matter of rolling it out via the RACS Fellows database. Sending out the Surgeons Database survey was probably easier because we already had that. Certainly the patients was more of a challenge because of the privacy concerns because RACS didn't have the ability to send the surveys directly to patients because we didn't know who those patients were and nor would it be appropriate for the surgeons to have divulged the patient details to us. So we did have to rely on the surgeons to be able to take the questionnaire and via their personal assistance be able to then send that out to their patients. And thankfully that was done in a large number of cases And we've got well over a 1,000 patient responses, which makes ours the largest of all the patient satisfaction surveys on telehealth that has occurred in Australia. 
So as such, it's been quite a lengthy process to get it off the ground. There were some logistic difficulties in particular with the patient survey, but I think that we really do have a very good snapshot of the level of satisfaction and utility of telehealth, both for patients and surgeons. Now, can you walk us through the results of the survey and what were the key findings? Well, I'll do this in two different formats because obviously the patient survey occurred over a much longer period and the surgeon survey over a shorter period. So I'll start off with the patients because I think we're all very interested to hear what patients thought about the telehealth. So the design we previously mentioned, and we ended up with just over 1,100 patient responses, which was a very large number and something that we were very happy with. There were some limitations to it because a large number of the patients did come from urology. There was a more predominant male population that responded, and more of them were over 60 years old than the younger demographic. But nonetheless, it was taking into account those limitations We definitely still had a very wide net of patients from that point of view. And we did have patients that were, like I said, predominantly 50 to 59, but we definitely had patients that were younger with really the largest percentage being from 30 years onwards. There were very few patients in the survey that were less than 30 years, but that would be what we would expect normally with a surgical population. The other slide bias is that there were many more private patients rather than public patients. I suspect that that's because most of the consultations actually occur in a private setting in a lot of cases, and it was also easier to roll out through specialist private practices. So whether it can be generalised to all patients, including in the public system, would be uncertain. Nonetheless, the satisfaction rate was a very significant amount for patients. Certainly, the vast majority of patients did not have a lot of technical difficulties with utilising telehealth. They were able to use, whether it was phone or whether it was video, were able to utilise it very easily. Part of that may have been because about 80% of the telehealth consults done by specialist surgeons were in fact done by phone rather than by video. But nonetheless, even those that were on video seemed to cope very well. And only about 3 or 4% of patients actually needed assistance or ran into some technical difficulties with the format of using video. With regards to whether or not it was something that it was the first appointment with the surgeon or a follow-up, again, this varied across specialties, but roughly about... 75 up to about 90% of patients, it was actually their follow-up appointment with about zero up to 25% being the very first consult. And as I mentioned, the platform, whether it was phone or video, did vary slightly between different specialties. Again, a lot of them were routine follow-ups, which seemed to be the ones that were the most common of them and a review after surgery, rather than an assessment before surgery. Nonetheless, the satisfaction rate, as I mentioned, was extremely high. When patients were asked questions, was the surgeon able to answer the questions clearly and satisfactorily during the telehealth consult? The vast majority of people either agreed or strongly agreed, and that was consistently over 90%, regardless of the specialty of the surgeon that was seen by the patient. 
Another question that was asked was whether the telehealth consultation was less thorough because they needed a physical examination. Again, this was varied a little bit more, but most people mostly disagreed or strongly disagreed. And again, roughly up to uh, 70 to 95% of patients, depending on the specialty, felt that the telehealth consultation was just as thorough and they did not feel that they lost out on anything by not doing the physical examination. When they were asked the question about the satisfaction regarding the quality of the telehealth consultation, again, that was always in excess of 90%, regardless of the specialty. And probably the most important question was that from a patient perspective was whether or not they felt that it provided them with the same level of care as a face-to-face -face consultation. And once again, that was reliably around about 90% regarding the level of satisfaction. So the level of satisfaction amongst the patients along a whole range of different questions was exceptionally high. And there's no question that they were very comfortable having further appointments done by telehealth in the future. As I mentioned before, the connectivity to telehealth was again very good with very few people needing assistance at all. The biggest problems that they did have occasionally were problems with their devices, with internet connections, problems finding an appropriate software to use. So occasionally there were a few technical problems, but we're really talking in the order of 3% or less. So again, from the technical point of view, everyone was very comfortable. So certainly overall, the summary from the patient survey was a very high satisfaction rate. They felt that the surgeons were able to give them the information that they required. They did not feel strongly disadvantaged by the lack of a physical examination. They seemed to be very easily able to connect to the internet platforms. And certainly they used phone as a bit of a fallback mechanism so that if they started off with a video consult and the technology failed, the surgeon and patient would then revert to a phone telehealth consult to continue if that occurred. And again, that had very high satisfaction rate. With regards to value for money, one of the things that we were concerned about is whether they felt that it would be of poor value. But interestingly, that was not borne out in the study. And the majority of people, in fact, did feel that it did comprise good quality of money, quality for money, and approximately 80 to 100%, depending on the surgical specialty, felt that it was certainly value for money. But having said that, a large number of the surgeons did bulk build the consultation, which would obviously then make it sort of a platform that was of significant value for patients. So certainly at the end, there was very high satisfaction rate. There were other questions that we asked, which was asking whether they would recommend telehealth to their family and friends, which was high whether they were concerned about a breach of privacy. In fact, that was universally low and certainly less than 5% of patients felt that they were concerned about a breach of privacy. When they were asked about appointment preference after the COVID restrictions entered, roughly about two thirds of them were still very comfortable to continue to have ongoing telehealth consultation. Although there were clearly some that did prefer to go back face to face when it was able to. So overall, that was the feelings amongst the patients. With the surgeon survey, the surgeon survey results were similar, but slightly different. And that was interesting for us to see. So again, we had approximately 700 of our fellows respond. 
And it was across a much wider range of different specialties. So virtually all of the specialties were reasonably evenly represented in the surgeon survey. As I mentioned, it was primarily done in the private sector and the answers were far more prominent in Victoria where the lockdowns lasted for a lot longer and were more severe. Again, most of the surgeons, interestingly, had never used telehealth prior to the pandemic and about 44% of them had never used it. 45% of them used it occasionally and only about 11% had used it regularly prior to the pandemic. But during the pandemic, 96% of surgeons actually started using telehealth. So there was a very significant change in behaviour. As mentioned, about 85% of people at some point used phone as their platform with about 60% using video link at some point. So there are obviously patients who occasionally had a video telehealth and other times they may have used a phone. Again, interestingly, about 75% of people at some point used it for an initial consultation and about 90% used it at some point for review. So it was used for really the whole gamut of surgical consultations, ranging from new to subsequent reviews and post-operative follow-ups. The thoughts were after the COVID pandemic, would surgeons be keen to continue to use it? Again, 88% of them said yes, that they would be extremely keen to continue to use telehealth. Interestingly, however, only about half of them, about 50%, felt that they would want to still use it for initial consultation. So I think a lot of them felt that it would not give the same quality of care as a face-to-face, especially for the initial consult. For a routine post-op follow-up or for routine follow-up, about 88% of them felt very comfortable using telehealth for that. And again, also felt it was very important for distance patients and frail and disabled patients that may have difficulty in mobility. So there were certainly some issues there, especially with initial consultations. The other concerns that the surgeons experience with this is that there was still a significant concern about the medico-legal risk telehealth. People felt that because whether or not the quality of care would be exactly the same, there were certainly still some medico-legal concerns about this. And equally, there were some concerns about patients' privacy using telehealth technology. So certainly from surgeon's point of view, there was an enormous acceptability of it. There was massive usage of it, but there was definitely some concerns that they still had about the role of the clinical examination, the use of the telehealth platform for initial consults, and obviously still concerns about patient privacy and the medical legal repercussions of it. Having said all of that, when asked would they be comfortable continuing to use telehealth again around 85 to 90% were very comfortable continuing to use it, but especially more for the follow-up appointments rather than for an initial appointment. Although, as mentioned earlier, about 50% of the surgeons were still very comfortable using telehealth as their means of communication for a initial consultation. One additional point that I would like to make, which we didn't really touch on, which really was borne out more in the patient survey rather than the surgeon survey, was cost savings for the patients. Roughly about 20% of patients did mention that telehealth was significantly more convenient, leading to some significant cost savings. 
Some of those cost savings were very tangible. There were transport costs, train costs, parking spot costs, and time off work costs. And some were intangible, hence people that were very busy and felt that it was much more convenient to be able to stay in their workplace, do the telehealth consultation, rather than doing the travel, park, waiting room, see the doctor go back to work. So there was, again, a very big acceptability about the potential cost savings of telehealth from a productivity point of view. So overall, I guess in summary, patients really adopted to telehealth extremely well, very high satisfaction rate, felt the quality of the care that they were getting through telehealth was excellent. Many felt that it was much more convenient with significant cost savings, and they had very few concerns regarding the connectivity and privacy issues. Surgeons, again, massive adoption of telehealth. Most are very happy to continue to use telehealth, but there's at least 50% that were much more concerned about it being used about the first consultation and again, concerns about privacy and medical legal risks. So overall, that was the summary of the two surveys. These have been shared with the Department of Health. They have found them extremely valuable, and there's no question that the College of Surgeons is going to play a fairly major role in the further development of a long-term telehealth solution for Australia. Indeed, very encouraging results overall, Mark. Did they surprise you? Were the findings what you expected? The answer is yes and no. From my own experience with telehealth, I anecdotally felt that my patients actually were very happy with the quality of care that they were getting. It was very reassuring to see that that was much more widespread and seen right across the board. I think that there obviously is applicability to telehealth in some surgical specialties more than others. There are some specialties that clearly the clinical examination, I believe, plays a much more critical role than in others. So for some uh, specialties, potentially like neurosurgery, where you may have to examine neurological signs in patients, potentially cardiothoracic surgery, where you need to be checking sort of lungs, listening to lung fields, and various other specialties, visually seeing the patient, examining them, is actually going to be critical in pretty much every consultation. And in other surgical specialties, especially ones that have a lot of follow-up, neurology would probably be one of those, which is my specialty. It's very easily done via telehealth consultation because of the nature of the work that we do. I was a little surprised that some of the surgeons were as concerned about the medical legal risks, the privacy concerns, because those things are not things that I really experienced. So they really uh, surprised me. And I must admit, I wasn't as concerned personally about the ability to deliver good care on initial consultation. But I think that that is, again, specialty specific. And I think that there are some specialties where it would be extremely difficult to provide the same level of care without the patient being there face-to-face for the initial consultation. Well, where to from here? How will the uh, results be used from now and what are the next steps? Well, the next steps are, as I've mentioned, we've shared this with the Department of Health, so they're well aware of it and the quality of the surveys has been widely acknowledged by the Department of Health and also by the Minister, who has written uh, directly to our President, Tony Sparnan. 
Certainly now, beyond March 2021, what the government is now trying to do is to try and determine what's the long-term future of telehealth. There's no question there is a strong commitment it will continue permanently beyond March 2021, but whether the MBS descriptors will be exactly the same as what we have at the moment is obviously what the Department of Health is trying to work out. Certainly, they are developing their own strategy as to what they think a long-term telehealth solution is going to look like. And they've actually already very clearly told the College of Surgeons that we'll be very strongly involved in those discussions as they develop a bit more information. Mark, thank you. No problem. And thanks for having me. And I hope that that was valuable for everyone. And uh, certainly want to stress the fact that the College of Surgeons will continue to play a very active role in this area and in other areas of health advocacy so that we can better represent the needs of our surgeons, but also of our surgical patients. Professor Mark Frydenberg. RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.